Hello, my friends, and we're back for this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. Thank God we made it back safely from West Virginia. It's great to be home. I feel like I'm a king in a castle going from a two-bedroom bungalow with six kids, thank God, to a regular house, right? You know the story they say of a guy who came to the rabbi and he said, Rabbi, my house is too small. And I can't take it. My kids are making me crazy. So the rabbi says, bring in the horses. And then he comes back to the rabbi. Rabbi, it's even worse than before. And he keeps telling him, bring him the goats, bring in the cows. And every time, the man complains. till finally, the, the man is about to go crazy. And, he, and the rabbi tells him, take everything out. And the man says, ah, finally, I have such peace. I enjoy my house. It's great. Everything's about perspective. And thank God, I'm happy to be back broadcast to you this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. A lot to talk about. It's a little bit late. I know it's not noon yet on Friday, but you still have time to listen to this before Shabbos. And Parsha never goes bad. You can listen after Shabbos as well. And as always, before we begin, if you have any questions, comments, or would like to say hello, see how my summer was in West Virginia, feel free to send me an email at rabbishlamacone, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Devarim. And as I mentioned last week, we're beginning the fifth book of the Torah, the book of Devarim, which is also known as the book of Deuteronomy. And it's also referred to as Mishnah Torah, which is sort of like a review of the prior four books of the Torah. And now, before the Jewish people are about to enter the land of Israel, and Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses is about to pass the mantle of leadership to Joshua, he gives a review to the entire nation of the entire Torah. But only, but only part of it is recorded in the book of Devarim. And there is a difference that the book of Devarim is recorded that God prophesied it directly to Moses and Moses transcribed it and taught it to the nation as opposed to the earlier four books which were taught to the Jewish people directly from God. It's actually interesting because Unclus, the great translator of the Torah into Aramaic, he refers to the book of Devarim, the, vo- the book of Deuteronomy, as Pashegen Oiraisa, the copy of the Torah, meaning that it clarifies and explains the Torah. And in a way, Deuteronomy is the beginning of the oral law conveyed by Moshe Rabbeinu. And when Hashem, when God commanded him to write his words into the Torah, it became part of the written Torah. Now, God forbid that this doesn't mean that Moshe wrote the Torah, but rather it's the transmission of how Devarim was given over is a little bit different than how the rest of the Torah was given to the Jewish people. So, God forbid, it's not that Moshe wrote the Torah. It was rather that he was the conduit. The book of Devarim was a prophecy which he gave over to the Jewish people and then directly told by God of how to inscribe it into the Torah. Now, this week's Parsha, which is Parsha's Devarim, starts us off on really this theme of the book of Deuteronomy, which is really a history of the Jewish people, as well as an admonition for the Jewish people of their past mistakes in order to not repeat them going forward into the future. It was also chizuk. It was strengthening them, that Moshe was trying to strengthen them and give them, you know, koach, to give them the ability to overcome to, to instill faith and belief and, and to 
give them the the passion and the desire to conquer the land of Israel, to settle it, to to overcome the challenges that they would face. The Book of Devarim also goes over the dis- different halachos, the different laws that the Jewish people would need to know to go into the land, as well as new mitzvos as well, which are given to the Jewish people now in the fifth book of the Torah. Now, the first idea I wanted to share with you today is that when Moshe Rabbeinu is recounting some of the history of the Jewish people, he, he gives some veiled rebuke of the, of the nation. And Rashi tells us that Hashem, you know, wanting to spear the Jewish people, the embarrassment of their sins, he doesn't list their sins outright, but rather the places where they made mistakes in order to spear them embarrassment. Now, and the commentaries talk about this point, about, you know, giving people's honor, not letting people be embarrassed by someone else. But in the, in the verses of the Torah, when Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jewish people about how the judicial system was set up, before he gets into the criticisms, the veiled criticisms of the Jewish people of how they made a mistake by the spies and the different mistakes that they made, the verse reads as follows. Hashem elokei avoseichem yosef aleichem kochem elef pamim v'yivarech eschem kasher diber lochem. It says, May Hashem of your forefathers add to you a thousand times yourselves and bless you as he has spoken of you. And then the parsha goes into the different mistakes that the Jewish ma- that the Jewish people made in the desert. And there's a very interesting question is that why did Moshe Rabbeinu feel the need to give the Jewish people a blessing before he would go into criticism of the mistakes that they made. And really you can make this question stronger that if you read the Pasuk, if you read the verse, it says, Hashem that the Almighty, the God of your forefathers, should increase you 1,000 times similar to you. That he's giving them a blessing that the, the Jewish people should, should grow and become great. And they should be similar to the people who are in front of me right now. He's giving them a compliment. You know, what was Moshe Rabbeinu doing exactly? He's about to criticize them, right? Why is he saying that the Jewish nation should grow and be similar to the people that are here right now? And really, there's a very important concept which we learn from Moshe Rabbeinu when it comes to giving criticism to others. Now, obviously, we try not to be critical people. We don't want to find the faults in other people. We want to have a good eye, ayin tova, a positive outlook, and not be, you know, finding the negative in things and have a good look at other people, bring out the best in others. But sometimes it's needed to give criticism. You know, hopefully it's constructive criticism or doing it in the right way. And people need to be corrected at times. Sometimes it's our children. Sometimes it's a spouse, sometimes it's a friend. Now we could have a whole conversation of how that should be done. Today we're just going to touch upon one point that's useful if we have to give criticism to someone else. Now, the natural reaction is that somebody criticizes us. If I criticize you, we get defensive. I get defensive. We don't want to hear something bad about ourselves. We don't want to hear something negative, something we're lacking in. It is necessary at times that we do need to hear it. We have to know we're not perfect. But one thing we should remember if we're the ones giving the criticism 
and we're trying to accomplish a purpose, obviously do it in the proper way, and you know, it's not, it's always has to be called for. But one thing we learned from Moshe Rabbeinu is that before we have to criticize somebody, you should tell them how great they are, right? Because no one wants to just be criticized. If you tell someone, you know, you're a really amazing person um, and you're really special and I really look up to you, but there's one thing that, you know, you did wrong and it's this and this and this, they'll be much more receptive to hearing the negative trait that you want to talk about uh, or the constructive criticism you want to bring out or trying to correct the certain mistake that they made. And, and this is like uh, human psychology, that when a person hears something good about themselves and how great they are, everyone knows deep down that they're not perfect. No one thinks they're perfect. Maybe some people do. But most normal people know deep down that they have their flaws. And if you touch that flaw and if you go there in, in, a, in a sensitive way by first building up a person to tell them how truly great they are and all their positive traits and all the good things they're trying to do, so then you're much more likely to accomplish the purpose or accomplish the task of trying to help someone correct their mistake. And this is what we see from Moshe Rabbeinu. He's about to admonish the Jewish people for the different mistakes that they made. And they needed to hear it. They needed to hear the mistakes that they made in order to not make it again in the future. And we as well. You know, everybody needs to hear sometimes, you know, uh, to be corrected. Right? They say that, the Talmud tells us actually that a rabbi who everybody loves is not a good rabbi. Everyone that everyone hates is not a good rabbi either. Has to be somewhere in the middle because, you know, where some people obviously he's telling people what they need to be heard. You know, it's not to a point where everyone hates him, but, and obviously it's in the right way. But I, I had a, a rabbi as well, a teacher used to tell me, he's like, a good rabbi, a good teacher, a good rabbi tells people things that they don't want to hear. And I would say, a good friend as well tells people things, tells their friends things that they don't necessarily want to hear sometimes. Obviously, you need to do it in the right way. And Moshe Rabbeinu is giving us insight into this way, this mahalech, this method of giving constructive criticism in the right way. And, and just really to, to follow through on this idea on one last point here is that when you first give someone a compliment and you, and you praise them, so when you follow up with a with a criticism, so the person doesn't feel now that you're totally destroying them as a person. But rather they just feel they have one minor flaw. If you contrast that to just straight criticism, a person feels they're totally nothing. And that's the idea which Moshe Rabbeinu is conveying to us, the way he dealt with the Jewish people, that he first gave them a compliment, he told them how great they were. And only after he did that, were they able to hear the different admonitions, the different corrections that they needed in order for them to go forward and be the best they can be. A second idea I wanted to share with you today focuses in on the actual story of the Meraglim. As Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jewish people of the Avera, of the mistake they made by the Meraglim, he tells how the Jewish people say that Hashem hated them. They say that God hated them. And the Pasuk reads as follows. You slandered in your tent and said, as Moshe Rabbeinu telling the Jewish people, because of Hashem's hatred for us, did he take us out of the land of Egypt 
to deliver us into the hand of the Amorite to destroy us, right? This was the claim that Jewish people made to Moshe Rabbeinu, that why did Hashem take us out of Egypt to have us killed in the desert? And Rashi says a very interesting point here, which gives us a tremendous insight. And really, this can help us maybe answer a bigger question is like, how did the Jewish people constantly have this claim to Moshe Rabbeinu that God hated them, that he would took them out of Egypt to kill them? How could the Jewish people who experienced crossing the Yamsuf, the Red Sea, seeing the miracles, how could they come to a point to think that God hated them? And this is a question that we've discussed maybe a little bit different in the past. How could the Jewish people sin after seeing all the great miracles? But this is a little bit different. How could they come to this realization to think that Hashem didn't like them, that Hashem took them out to kill them? And Rashi tells us over here something very interesting. Rashi reads as follows. Besinas Hashem osanu, because of Hashem's hatred for us. And he explains in those words, V'hu haya oyev eschem, yet he loved you, aval atem soinem oisoi, but you hated him. Mashal head yudaymer, as the popular saying goes, ma dilibcha, that which is in your heart, al rachamecha, about your friend, ma dilibe, is what you think is in his heart. Allah, about you. Meaning, that which is in your heart about your friend is what you think is in his heart about you. The way, the way you think your friend thinks about you is the way that you think about him. And Rashi's bringing out a very strong point here that really teaches us something very important about dealing with other people. People have a strong tendency to project their own feelings to other people and onto other people. Meaning, if we think that people can't be trusted, maybe we have a problem trusting others. Maybe if we think people are annoying, maybe we are annoying. And the, the Talmud has a dictum which is famous, that if somebody says someone has this negative trait, that means they really have it themselves, right? That's how the saying goes. If you find a, a fault in someone else, that means a lot of times you have that same fault. And um, Rashi's telling us here that the way we look at others is the way that others will look back at us. So the Jewish people in the desert, although they experienced all the great miracles, for some reason, they hated Hashem. Whatever that means, you know, and how we understand that. But they, there was somehow, there was this hatred. Maybe it was this obligation of doing mitzvahs. I don't know, there was some type of seed of, of hate in there. And because they had this animosity towards the Rabbon Shalom, towards the creator of the universe, they felt as if God hated them back. But really that was not the case. Really Hashem loved them. You know, maybe because they had sinned and they got into this cycle of mistakes, they got into that hamster wheel of doom where they just made mistakes and that's the job of the Yitzhahara, of the evil inclination to keep a person down. Maybe that's how they got to that point or, or this circle of disaster where they felt they had this animosity and therefore they, they felt that Hashem hated them, that God hated them, and maybe it just kept the cycle going and going. But the problem is that they projected a certain attitude and it got projected back to them. And a lot of times when we deal with others, we could use this to our advantage. That if we love people, we show compassion to others, we have a smile on our face, 
Generally, if for a normal person, a regular person, know how to deal properly with people, we'll get that same love and compassion and care back from others. Um, and this is something that's especially important now during the three weeks, which is the time that we're mourning for the destruction of the Beis Amigdash, the destruction of the temple. And we know that the, the reason why the Beis Amigdash, the temple, was destroyed was because of sinas chinam, was baseless hatred. And the way that the sages tell us that we know to fix this up is do the opposite of sinas chinam, to have, to have avas chinam, free love and compassion. And the way that we get there is this idea in this week's Parsha, that even though if we might not love our fellow brother as much as we should, you could fake it. You could give them a smile even if you fully don't mean it. And, you know, obviously we want to be sincere. We want to, we want to be authentic. But sometimes you need to fake it till you make it. Because if you train yourself enough times to put on that smile, to, to try to be empathetic, you will become that loving and compassionate person. And when you do that, in turn, people will have that love and compassion back to you. So, so in this week's Parsha, we see how the Jewish people had this projection, how they projected this negative attitude onto Hashem, onto God, and it got projected back to them. And it was to their disadvantage. But we learn here from Rashi, from the Torah, that we can use this to our advantage to become better people, to cause more unity, to cause more love, to cause more compassion, to have a better society, better world, and be better people. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day and a good Shabbos.